Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Soleil Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. Good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome in to a June 14th edition of Focus Fox Valley. This segment of Focus Fox Valley brought to you today by Sturdivant and Associates, located at 500 North Commercial Street in Nina on the own train station depot. Give Eric or Carl a call if you've got questions about Medicare, Medicaid, individual health, dental, life insurance. They will make sure that you are on the right track. Advice is always free. Give them a call, 969-1956. I am broadcasting today from the Myron Construction Studios here at WHBY and coming off a wonderful weekend celebrating my husband and I's sixth wedding anniversary. We went up to Door County. It was so much fun and I am still stuffed, I think, from all the good food we had an opportunity to to eat while in Door County. And food is the topic we are going to stick to during this first hour of Focus Fox Valley as we bring on a familiar voice to this time of the day, our dear friend Chef Jeff joining us this morning. Hello to you, Chef Jeff. Welcome to Focus Fox Valley. Good morning, Haley, and thank you for welcoming me. How you doing today? Fantastic. It's a gorgeous day out, and uh, this is a, a new beginning, right? It's a new beginning, but an old friendship, I'll say. Yes, I would I would say that, too. When I, I saw your post on Facebook last night, six years, you guys are married already. I oh, know. my goodness. Yeah. How did that happen? You blink. You blink. Uh, yeah. Life just goes fast. I was talking to one of my colleagues this morning. And it's like, it's just amazing. You know, how do, how do we get to be this age? How are we, you know, in our jobs as long as we are? It's right. like, wow. I mean, enjoy every day, folks. Yeah. Enjoy every single day. Isn't that the best advice? Well, I think our listeners might know a little bit of our history, but I mean, Jeff, how long have we known each other? I mean, my memories go back to probably middle school, elementary school of coming and running around in the yard at your house and football games and all sorts of fun things. Well, your mother is the only culinary person uh, in our, on our faculty team that has been here longer than I have. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I know she started, I think, a, a year or two before she's been uh, running our dining room at Ion's. And um, so uh, probably, I'm just trying to think, it's probably when your dad and I coached together. Yeah. Which is when my son and your brother were in first grade. Oh man, yeah, yeah. So there. And they are now twenty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pete's getting married the next year. My brother Peter's getting married, and I didn't know that. That's fantastic! Wow. So, lots of things to celebrate. Life, like you said, it just keeps moving. Lots of things keep moving, right, man? It, It does. 
And we get to eat every single day. We right? do. We do. And so I've got a lot of things to talk with you about today, Jeff. And I'm sure you've got a lot of things to share. And if our listeners have any questions for Jeff today, our phone lines are open 281-1150. Give us a call if you've got a question. But uh, Jeff was in Door County all weekend celebrating the anniversary, <clears throat> or I should say Saturday into Sunday. And oh, I'm still stuffed from all of the wonderful food that I was able to enjoy. And I'm just curious to you, for you, Jeff, uh, you know, do you have any favorite spots you love to explore or, or how do you go into maybe visiting a new restaurant or checking out a new space? Uh, what's dining out like for you? Well, <laughs> that, that, there's a lot in that, those questions right there. Um, dining out for me is I try to go out and find things that I'm not cooking at home. You know, there's there's certain things that I probably won't, I hate to say never, but I probably won't order in a restaurant because I make them at home. Uh, a prime example would be a steak. Uh, I'm, I'm going to probably cook my own steak, so I probably wouldn't get that in a restaurant. Now, that doesn't mean that if something, you know, just seems to really intrigue me or whatever at the time, um, th- that I wouldn't order it. Uh, my wife and I, uh, our anniversary is coming up the next week. I think it's. I know the date. It's the 24th. Yeah, that's next week. We just made a reservation out in Viroqua, Wisconsin, the, the Driftless Cafe. Um, it's actually 30 minutes from our hunting land, and uh, we're going to be out there for our anniversary. So we made a reservation out there. I've heard it's phenomenal. He's the new host. The, the owner is the new host of Wisconsin Foodie. And so um, as long as we're going to be out there, we say, hey, let's go check that out. So I'm kind of excited about that. It's kind of a tasting menu kind of place. You know, you have small plates, try a little of this and a little of that. Yeah. And I guess, you know, in answer to your question, that is how I like to dine. Um, you know, um, I always, my rule is I'll always have two things I want to select, and my wife will order first. And we, I will never order the same thing as she did because I want to see at least two different presentations, preparations, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember ever ordering the same thing she ordered. I, my husband so. and I are the same way. And, for example, this weekend, he always gives me grief for ordering multiple appetizers. I just never can make up my mind. And I ordered three appetizers on, on Saturday night. I just had to. You know, sometimes, though, you can, you can appetizer through a meal instead of ordering an entree. You know, because some of them just sound so intriguing. I mean, a dollar is a dollar regardless. If you buy a, you know, a high-priced entree or you buy a couple, three appetizers, you know, you still only have so much capacity to eat. It sounds like you've extended that a little bit this weekend because <laughs> several times you said how full you are. Yes. But, um, you know, as a, as a human being, you can only eat so much. So, you know, what is it you want to try and, and different things. So, yeah, I'm excited about the, about that. Um, and by the way, my wife and I go to Door County at least once every season to get up there and replenish our wine supplies and, and visit. She likes going to wineries. Yeah. She doesn't get me into those little crafty kind of boutique places very very easily. But, um, you know, we, we uh, eat ourselves around up there quite, quite well. Matter of fact, I think we're going... Um, the weekend of the 4th, I think we're going to head up there just for a day this year. Yeah. So what maybe I, you can give me a few hints of uh, some good places to well, eat. Well, I'll, I'll tell you where we ate. We ate at a place called Wickman House on on Saturday night, and we ate outdoors, got to dine outdoors. And I'm always so impressed when, you know, the kitchen is able to to keep things rolling so smoothly when they are 
you know, involved with indoor patio and outdoor dining. It really was. They were a well-oiled machine there, and the the meals were out quickly. They were out hot and fresh, and the the dining was was spectacular. spectacular. Which municipality is the Wickman House in? It was in Ellison Bay. We were in Ellison okay. Bay, so we were f- pretty far north. And sure. I've ha- I've had this one on my on my men- on my sites for a while and they were still in their spring menu it's still kind of spring up there so we had a lot of uh ramps in our in our meal uh have you ever gone out to find wild ramps i've looked for them but i've never found them one of our chefs here he finds them every year i did find morels this year though so i was pretty excited about that yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) they had a lot of mushrooms on the menu too and like i said ramps we we had they had a play on chicken nuggets for adults and because i still eat like a kid that sounded pretty good. So that was one of my appetizers, and uh, they had a ramp ranch dressing that I could have drank a whole bucket of. It was <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> now you have you have two little ones, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now when you have little kids, doesn't like every meal like if you go out with the kids, don't you end your meal with a chicken strip because they couldn't finish it? Probably. Although (laughs) my little guy, my almost one year old baker, he is he eats anything. So he is pretty much eating whatever we're eating on our plate. So we're we're pretty thrilled about that. My my daughter, Callan, she is our picky eater. She's uh, she's tough to she's tough to persuade. <laughs> I just remember when the kids were little, I would always say that, you know, going out with kids where every good meal ends in a half a grilled cheese. Yeah. Because back then, that was kind of before the chicken strip took over, you know, and what's on a kid's menu, grilled cheese, you know, but that, that, those days didn't last real long because my kids, neither one of my kids is a picky eater at all. That's great. That's oh. so great. Hey, Jeff, we do have a caller on the line. We are going to go to the Settlers Bank phone lines. Jim is waiting for us. Good morning, Jim. Well, hello, Jeff. How are you? Hey, Jim. Nice to hear from you. Hey, uh, I'm going to tell you the best restaurants up in Door County are in Fish Creek. Mm. Uh, and by the way, Jeff, if you're coming up there for the 4th of July, you have an invite for me to come on my boat, come to Little Sturgeon Bay, the Waypoint, and we can go out on the lake for a ride. Well, that. I might have to take you up on that, Jim. Why don't you uh, give me a give me a call or a text later, and uh, I, I might have to surprise the old gal with that one. That that's yeah, that's very that's, generous that's of you. Great. <laughs> I'd love to have you aboard. But like I said, I think some of the best restaurants are in are in uh, Fish Creek, and of course we're up there every weekend, so we get around too. And Haley, I know what you're talking about. Some of those appetizers are oh my god, oh yes, They're, you can die for you know. <laughs> and, so anyhow, and. Good to hear your voice on the radio again, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. I really appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Haley. Have a good program today. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate the call. Sure. Have fun. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes, two eight one eleven fifty. Well, there you go, Jeff. You got your plan set. <laughs> I don't know if uh, all the listeners know Jim. Jim Marks is a uh, entrepreneur from the Fox City. He's a fantastic person. Uh, I knew his uh, his father very well, and his mother uh, know her very well also. So he's a good guy. Appreciate the call. We do. <laughs> all right, good place to take a break here. And when we come back, let's maybe talk Father's Day because that is coming up this weekend. I'm I'm thinking you might have some ideas, Jeff, on how to celebrate Dad. Sounds good. All right. We'll take a break here back with more of Focus Fox Valley after this.
And we are back with more of Focus Fox Valley here on WHBY. My guest in this first hour of the show, Chef Jeff with Fox Valley Technical College. We're talking now, I think, turn into dad, because if you just do a Google search of, you know, gifts for dad, Father's Day, usually something grill related pops up. And that's kind of your area here, Jeff. (laughs) Well, I, it's, uh, it's certainly a passion of mine. I enjoy cooking over live fire. And, uh, yeah, for many years, you know, we uh, a barbecue competition team. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy that stuff. And I'm sure there are a lot of dads out there that, uh, you know, are, are hoping that uh, their, their children are going to give them something that they can maybe play around on the grill with. Yeah. Some rubs or seasonings or a new grill tool. Yeah. Right? When it comes to maybe the accessories for grilling, do you think that, you know, the more the merrier or is it more of a keep it simple uh, approach for for you? Well, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask (laughs) because I have quite a few things in my arsenal. And anytime I buy something, my wife just kind of gives me that look that only a wife can give. Like, did you really need to buy another grilling tool? You know, but um, I guess I'm always trying to stay cutting edge, you know, for my classes at the tech. And, you know, I'm just, I want to try new things. And, and they're coming up with different stuff that either make things easier, more expedient, uh, a better way of doing it, a better mousetrap, if you will. Um, or, or some of my favorite new things are like easier ways to clean your grill. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I I've tell the students all the time the non-glamorous part of barbecue is, is the cleanup. Now, you know, all grills are a little bit different, but, you know, some do a much better job of self-cleaning than others. Yeah. So um, there, are, there are a number of products on the market that just make your, make your life a little bit easier. And, you know, given our, how we started the conversation today, that there's only so many, only so many days, you know, and so many hours, you know, you want to probably minimize the amount of time you're doing the non-glamorous stuff, right? Right. How often should you be cleaning your grill? Does it vary depending on the type of grill? Um, well, I think it depends on what you, what the definition of cleaning is. Your grill grates should be cleaned every time you use them. You know, um, I'm a big believer in, I don't want last time's cook to influence this time's flavor. So, um, depending on, again, we're talking in generalities because every grill is a little bit differently, but if you grill indirectly, you know, and you've got drippings from the last time, I'm a big believer in the use of foil to use foil to catch those, the, the, uh, not the drippings that hit the coals, but the drippings that fall indirectly. Because I, if I cook chicken wings, I don't necessarily want the flavor of chicken fat to influence my pork roast. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, yeah, I use a lot of a, a lot of foil and stuff like that. Some grills are better at self-cleaning than others. Um, this weekend, uh, I, uh, a lot of people know I, I enjoy cooking on a big green egg. Uh, ceramic type grill. They're they're 365 in winter because they're so thick. They hold their heat even uh, in Wisconsin's coldest weather. Um, but they do accumulate ash on the bottom. So I uh, one of mine I had to, to vacuum out this weekend. My son's like, you probably should clean that. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it, it works for a while. But I went in there. I had three inches of ash in there in wow. less than less than a year out at our hunting land. I was like really surprised that there was that much in there. I mean, it was still working, of course, but I was just surprised how much had accumulated on the bottom. So, yeah. of course, when it's cold, get the old shop back out and clean it up and, you know, all those kinds of things. But now they make a, uh, an insert. Uh, our friends at, at uh, Kick-Ash Basket make this insert 
that will catch that, and instead of having to go vacuum it out and all that kind of stuff, you just pull it out when it's cold and go dump it somewhere and put it back. I'm like, I am all about that. <laughs> I would be too. That's that's the route that I'd want to go in because, like you said, the cleaning is the most tedious and uh, horrible part of the whole process <laughs> that you don't think about when you're when you're you know smoking something for a long time. And if I could give anybody advice, just keep your grill grates clean. You know, who wants to start on gunky grill grates from the last time? And, you know, I know when uh, I was on with Kathy over the years, we would talk about different ways to clean them. But just something as simple as a a piece of balled-up foil. You know, when you're done cooking, you just go over it and just, you know, the, the, what do you call it, the coarseness of bunching up that foil just cleans all those grill grates and you just throw it in the garbage and the other stuff falls on your on your fire and burns up and the next time you get it pretty clean and um, often what I'll do is uh, I will actually wipe down the grill grates when they're warm or um, I, I'm not as big of brushing them with oil as some people are. I, I oil my food. I usually use pan spray because it's very easy to apply um, instead of oiling grill grates. But again, to each their own. You know, it all depends on the volume you're doing and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, clean grill grates, that's going to give you, that's probably 90% of what people have problems with grills. Yeah, and they probably don't even realize, you know, the flavor is being affected if, if they're not getting in there and, and cleaning it regularly. Yeah, and that, that is getting back to what I said before. You know, I just don't want the previous cook to influence the next. I want to start out with a, a nice, clean cook. You're using good charcoal and good wood and, and good meat. You know, you want to have a... a it's all about the finished product, really, right? Yeah. What's Speaking of the product, uh, Jeff, what's been in your rotation lately? What's been in season that you've been putting on the grill? Well, you know, as we get older, we tend to really think more about what we're eating than when we're a little younger. <laughs> uh, my wife and I have been really focusing on vegetables this summer, a lot of grilled vegetables. And uh, when I heard your promo this morning when I was driving, I, I heard the prelude I, of course, I knew I was on today. Um, the, the biggest thing is, is planning. You know, it, um, I'm the guy who does the cooking at home, at the hunting lane, whatever it is, I'm the guy who does the cooking. So having, having a cook plan, you can't have everything come off the grill at the same time. It doesn't work, especially if you're going to do grilled vegetables. Because when, when I do grilled vegetables, the grill is full of vegetables. You know, all the beautiful peppers that are in season, zucchini, mushrooms, you know, potatoes, carrots, you name it. Um, Last weekend, today's Monday, when did I do this? Probably like maybe Friday. Um, I roasted carrots and zucchini. Now, if you cook at all, you know that this is two ends of the spectrum. You've got carrots that take a really, really long time to cook and zucchini that can be destroyed very, very quickly. So I used a foil pan, a little bit of olive oil, just a, just a hint of seasoning, cut the carrots a little bit smaller, um, and I put them on there. And I probably had the carrots on 45 minutes before I added the zucchini. And the zucchini was in there for, I mean, maybe 10 minutes, you know, but the, the carrots was closer to an hour. But it allows the sugar in the carrots to develop that roast, you know, and they get nice and soft and caramelized. And you throw the zucchini in there and you toss it around a little bit. Um, we had a fantastic meal. I don't even remember what the entree was with it, but the, I know the vegetables were really, really good. Um, and we finished them all. So 
I, I will light the grill for almost any, and I say almost any opportunity because yesterday it was just my wife and I. We had, uh, the kids didn't come over. We didn't have any company or anything. And I had four little lamb chops. Now, you know how big a lamb chop is? Yeah, about your palm, right? Um, yeah, size, even yeah. even smaller. Okay. They were they were pretty modest, you know. And I just said I can't light the grill for these four little lamb chops, so I <laughs> sautéed them in a pan. But that's that's pretty rare for me, really, because you know I, I like to grill at any any opportunity. And now, as we go out to the hunting land for different weekends, and we got you know we're different projects or different people come to help. It's to me, it's all about planning. Next weekend, I'm doing a prime rib on the grill because uh, we're put, doing some fence work. And uh, some some guys are coming. I know they're big beef eaters. Well, you got people that are volunteering their time to help you out. You're going to take care of them, right? Right. So I'm doing some some prime rib on the grill mm. with some cheddar mashed potatoes and I think Caesar salad. So it's going to be kind of really a, a little bit easier meal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just have to monitor your grill to take care of the the beef and and that kind of stuff. But we're going to be working all day too. So I I didn't want something overly complex. Mm-hmm. You know. We'll be working up an appetite. I love it. <laughs> we, well, I know. I was the thing. You know, I'm always on this show at 11 o'clock, and we, we talk about food right before uh-huh. lunch, and your stomach sits there going, rah, yeah. you know. Yeah, and if our listeners' stomachs are rumbling, too, uh, don't blame you. If you've got a question for Jeff, give us a call. 281-1150 is the number on that Settler's Bank phone lines. We're going to take a break here. We've got a garden bite to share with you. We'll be back, though, with more of Chef Jeff in this next half hour of Focus Fox Valley. <laughs> Welcome back. Focus Fox Valley with you on this Monday, June 14th, 2021. I'm Haley Tenpass in the Myron Construction Studios. My guest for the rest of the hour here is Chef Jeff, and we're talking summer. We're talking Father's Day, talking grilling. If you've got a question, give us a call. 281-1150 is the number on our Settlers Bank phone lines. And you mentioned meal prepping, Jeff, and actually that's that's really one of the only ways I think our family can kind of survive <laughs> during the work week is to do a little meal prep. We actually, my, my husband looked at me like I was nuts yesterday. I gave him four massive chicken chicken breasts to put on the on the grill yesterday. I said, trust me, we'll go through this in a couple of days. <laughs> but uh, how do you approach meal prepping uh, when it comes to, I guess, the grill? Because if you think about it, you know, you probably could really get a lot done with a couple of hours on the grill. Yeah, even uh, going back to when we had kids at home, you know, the whole planned leftovers thing, you know, is uh, don't be afraid of leftovers. I think to some people, I've I've actually heard that some people won't eat leftovers, and I, I just, I don't, my head can't get around that because, you know, the idea of if you have the grill going, make uh, good use of the coals, just like the example I had with the lamb chops. Right. If I didn't have anything else to grill, it's kind of a waste of coal and fuel to to light it up just for those few chops, you know. But, um, yeah, planning stuff ahead. Now, next, one of these weekends, I, my wife, she laughs at me because I, I plan menus weeks in advance, you know, to have the product on hand or pull it out of the freezer, you know, for what we're going to cook. And I just, I take it, I take a lot of pride in what I do, you know. And I, and I like to yeah. eat, so that's kind of my motivation, right. But just, you know, having a, a good a good plan going in, to, so that you know what you have left. One of these weeks coming up, I'm grilling eight burgers and eight broad patties. Now, that's 16 sandwiches. Now, I don't care how many people we have out there. That That is a ridiculous amount. 
but it's that is clearly an example of planned leftovers because then you know later in that week or weekend whenever it is all we have to do is heat them up um we did the same thing on Saturday. So we, we were out at the land, and we we're coming home Saturday early afternoon. And it, our our land is three and a half hours away. So it's it's kind of a major, you have to plan for this stuff, right? Well, we wanted, we wanted to do some, some sandwiches before we left. Well, I grilled them the, day, the night before because I didn't want to have a hot grill that I have to either let sit out or you can't, you can't put it away hot, right? I mean, that's not safe. So I... It was we did we used planned leftovers just this weekend. So yeah. just that whole idea. I mean, you you and these chicken breasts. You know, you you grilled them for a reason. And there are some days where your family's schedule is just hectic, and your kids aren't even running yet. You know, wait till they start in all the activities and sports and piano lessons and all that kind of stuff. You're, then you're really going to be running. You know, and um, we've always done that that fairly successfully at our house. We are empty nesters for four years already. Wow. And and I will tell you that if I I have many, many faults, but I, I still have not mastered the leftover thing because I, I, I get the grumbles from my, my lovely spouse if we're eating the same thing too many times. So I, you know, just learning to cook in smaller quantities has been a struggle for me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I use it as a little motivation. We eat out about once a week. And during COVID, it was none a week. But, you know, that's kind of the motivation that, well, you know, by the end of the week, if, we, if we're if we out of leftovers, that we, we can actually go out, right? There there were a lot of weeks where we were eating the same thing. And it was Friday night or Saturday night, and, you know, then you get the, the glare from across the table. So, you know, just learning to cook the appropriate quantity and getting that, that plan down. The other thing about planning for us, you know, we go out to this our hunting land about every other week to mow lawn and take care of things. You know, I, I don't mind taking the stuff out there, but I don't want to drag it all back home with sure. me. So I try to take enough stuff along that we eat it all up. You know, like this time we came home with an empty cooler, nothing. And that that's that that's rare to have it perfect, but it's it's helpful, too, because it's just one less thing you have to worry about and ice down your food for a four-hour drive and that kind of stuff. So, that's, yeah. That's a great uh, skill. That's a great skill to come back with an empty cooler. Can't say I've done that try. too many times. We, we try. We try. Wow. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, things here at Fox Valley Tech, it's, you know, it's summertime. We've got classes going on. Uh, right now there's we just finished our grilling, smoking, and barbecue class. Um, the uh, Chef Mike has a, a group of uh, culinary foundations going. we got a group of sanitation going. we got nutrition coming up. And then my meat class, meat identification, uh, starts on the 12th of July. And, I actually, I still have a couple of spots. I can take up to 12 in there for the summer session, and I think I'm at nine. So, I mean, so it's certainly a full class, but if anybody is uh, – sometimes people from the public want are interested in that whole meat fab thing, you know, fabricating the different cuts. We do poultry, seafood, pork, lamb, beef, charcuterie, smoking, curing, all that stuff, you know. Um, so if somebody's interested, have them give, give me a call direct uh, here at the college, or email is better, chefjeff at fbtc.edu. But, no, it's uh, a lot of people think that, you know, the, the college shuts down for the summer. That's really not the case. We have a lot of people, especially coming out of COVID now, you know, that there were some people that put their education on hold for a little bit right. COVID. They weren't, they weren't thrilled with the whole idea of online or virtual learning. So we, we know across the country that a lot, of, a lot of people put their education on hold. Well, guess what? Uh, to a lot of people, COVID is, is 
certainly sun setting. It's heading in the right direction, knock on wood, right? And we're, we're seeing stronger enrollments now. So as, as people start coming out, you know, the, the demand for, yeah, I want to get going um, for like some of our summer offerings and, and things like that. We started uh, before COVID. We started our culinary program. I don't know if you know this, Haley, but uh, a student could start in June and they would actually finish by the following Christmas. So we set it up in a way that if they go summer, fall, spring, summer, fall, they'd be done in basically, what is that, in months, 16 months or something like that? Wow. Eight, eight, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's been a pretty successful offering, especially for students who you know are coming out of high school and they know what they want, and boom, they jump right in. It's still the traditional fall start is, is the most popular, right? That's where we have our biggest group that comes in, but yeah. Fun well, time. That is fun. And it also, I mean, it's meeting a need in the hospitality industry right now. We need, they need workers. I mean, we're seeing shortages unlike we've ever seen before. Oh, it's, it's, it's sad, really. I mean, there, there's, the, the demand is so high, again, coming out of COVID. Uh, we know there are some people who, you know, left the industry when things got tough. They, they didn't, either their place of business closed or they were on reduced hours. They've changed jobs. And now we're just, we're trying to rebuild the workforce in the hospitality industry. And so the students that are coming to Fox Valley Tech and getting their degrees in hospitality management and culinary arts, I mean, they're, they're writing their own ticket. I told the students that were in classes, you know, we come through this, this COVID, you know, the, the pandemic. I said, you guys are going to be in spectacular shape. And that yeah. is held out true for sure because they're in such demand. I mean, I, I couldn't even give you a number. We, we probably have 10 requests per grad right now. I mean, it's, it's through the, through the roof. Wow. Everybody is looking, you know. Students' choice. Students' choice. Yeah, it's a seller's market for sure. Wow, yeah. wow. Well, it's great to have that insight, Jeff, and it's a good place to take a pause here, but we're going to come back with more with Chef Jeff. So if you've got a question for him, give us a call, 281-1150. We'll take a break here. We'll be back in just a bit. few minutes to go here in this first hour of Focus Fox Valley. My guest, Chef Jeff, is with us, 281-1150, if you've got a last-minute question for Jeff. And, you know, Jeff, you mentioned that Meet ID class, uh, and i got to think, that might be a fun gift for Dad for Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be. Um, you know, I, I do have a, a couple of folks from the public that are joining us already, and they are um, choosing to audit the class which means they, they take the full class. They just don't need to do uh, the homework or take the test. Ah. And, um, you know, so they're, they're not going to get college credit for it, but they're going to get the information that they want, you know, to apply to their lives, almost like a community enrichment course. So it'll be fun to have those. Um, you know, again, before COVID, I was uh, starting to do some series on uh, those were run on Saturdays where I would do like a lamb 101, pork 101, beef 101, just for people in the public because we get so many questions about that stuff so the other the other forum that i'd like to throw out there uh that's available is our um for over 10 years we've had a uh, a barbecue group that met here in the fox cities 
And that group is now uh, restarted after COVID. I'm so sick of saying after COVID. I apologize. But, you know, I, it started <laughs> up again uh, last month. It is the third Wednesday of every month. Uh, it meets at the Stoneyard in Greenville at 6 o'clock. So this week is the 16th uh, on Wednesday. That's the third third one. So we'll be having uh, that session. And uh, there's no charge. People can just show up and join in. Uh, the theme this time is anything marinated. So uh, the uh, the meat block very generously lights grills for us. They've got all their grills that they sell there, and they light grills. And people bring product and uh, grill it up. And the Stoneyard is very accommodating for our, our group as well. So this group meets um, all throughout the year, 12 months out of the year. Uh, but in the summer, we fire up grills. So uh, me personally, I'm bringing along some uh, teriyaki marinated chicken breast. So, all right. Yeah, I make my own teriyaki sauce. Yeah, so it'll be fun. So if people are interested, you know, come on out. That does sound fun. And this might be a fun topic to end on here. But when it comes to marinades, I'm going to toss up my situation usually, Jeff, which is, oh, crap, an hour till dinner. We were planning on cooking something on the grill. Do I have time to marinate something? Can you do it in, in a small amount of time? Well, you can do it. It's just what is the level of success? Mm. You know, a, a product is only going to absorb so quickly. So if you put your fingers an inch apart and picture any product an inch, 24 hours is best. Now, if you're going to marinate something really, really quickly, the marinade has to be more intense. Um, If it was me, I probably wouldn't try to marinate it, but I would change that marinade into more of a glaze or something and finish with it if I I had that, you know, um, opportunity where I hadn't, hadn't brined or marinated my product. Now, brining is altogether different, and maybe we can talk about that some other time, but brining is so important if you want a juicy product. Um, my students from grilling class, their finals are due today, their final papers, and I'm reading their their comments, and it's just really interesting that they, I had no idea the impact of brining, but it's it's huge. It, I mean, I, I could, with a product, I could turn you into an instant believer. Well, I'm I'm curious. I think we will maybe put brine on the topic for next week because when I think about brining, I'll be honest, I usually just think of turkeys around Thanksgiving, but of course you can do it year-round. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we smoked a turkey, a spatchcock turkey in class, and I had a couple students on their final said that was the juiciest turkey they've ever eaten. Yeah. But, you know, the brining just does so much for it. And uh, I just, while we were on break or, you know, doing, uh, you were on a commercial uh, break, I looked at the calendar. I come up in a couple of weeks. I think uh, right away on the 1st of July I'm back on. So, yeah, if you want to talk about that, whatever, you know, whatever the listeners want to talk about, it just doesn't have to be grilling or smoking or other stuff. You know, any food-related question, I mean, I'll I'll do my best to answer it. Uh, I always tell people the gray is real. You know, I'm coming up on pretty soon here 40 years in this business. That's kind of painful to say, but it, I've been around a while. So if people have questions or need help with something, I think that's why why we're on the show, right? Yeah, and I do welcome our listeners to send me an email or find us on Facebook if you've got a topic that you've got questions about. And I think, Jeff, I'll have a list of things to shoot your way next month as well of of ideas that pop into my head. Um, I've always got something cooking in the brain, per se, on on, uh, what's going on. And I know that you you are a wealth of insight or ideas or just new ideas if people maybe are, are utilizing that maybe same standard, you know, recipe rotation as, well, as and, we do. And I do. have people from the public that reach out too, and they, if they're looking for a recipe, shoot me an email. 
chefjeff at fbtc.edu. If I've got it, I'll just attach it and send it back for you. You know, I, at this point, you know, there are no trade secrets from me. I'll give you what I have, you know. So, uh, again, however you, uh, however your listeners want to do it, I'm, I'm just here to serve. We appreciate it, Jeff. Uh, I got to tell you, I had a really interesting appetizer this weekend. I'll maybe end on this. Have you ever heard of a roasted red pepper walnut dip? Uh, no, I have not heard of that. I had never had had it either or heard of it. And it was at uh, the the inn that we stayed at, the Roots Inn and Kitchen. They had this roasted red pepper walnut dip. And I picked the brain of the chef. She said it was a lot of roasted red peppers, some walnuts, a little bit of lemon, and some pomegranate molasses. Wow. Yeah. So it almost sounds like a coolie in some ways, huh? It was was mind-boggling. It was so delicious and nothing like I'd ever had before. So maybe I'll leave you with that, Jeff, because it was it was delicious. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. Hey, Jeff, I appreciate you joining me today. And Jeff's right. He'll be back next month. Until then, Jeff, have a great Father's Day and uh, have a great rest of your week. You too, Haley. Thanks much. Chef Jeff with Fox Valley Technical College. All right, taking a break. Back with the Appleton Public Library after your news break. Sunlight hurts my eye. Good afternoon and welcome back. For our number two of Focus Fox Valley, I'm Haley Tenpass, broadcasting today from the Myron Construction Studios here at WHBY, and excited for our next guest here, because what says summer more than maybe digging into a really good book while sitting out on the patio, maybe taking your kids to pick out their favorite books. We're talking about the library, of course, and the library, such a staple of summertime for so many families. I know it was a huge part of my summers growing up, and I'm excited to welcome in our guests today because we are going to talk all things summer at the library today with our friends at the Appleton Public Library. So joining us on the phone lines today, first is Ann Cooksey. She is the Children's Services Supervisor with the Appleton Public Library. Good afternoon, Ann. Hello. Thank you for having me. And we also have joining us today Emily Villanueva, the Teen Librarian at the Appleton Public Library. Hi, Emily. Hi, Haley. How are you? I'm doing great. So thrilled to have both of you <laughs> with us today. And like I said, m- my summers growing up, we would we had a specific bag. We'd go once a week. We would load up. And that day, we'd load up with VHS movies, too, <laughs> at our <laughs> local library. And it was just such a fun thing to do, especially on hot days. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, we are going to talk a lot about the summer program. But first, I kind of want to get up to speed with what general library services are happening, how people can visit the library. So, so Anne, maybe we'll start there with you. Uh, how are days kind of looking right now at the library, and how are people able to visit? 
Sure. So most of our services are fully restored. The only service we're still working to restore is our meeting room bookings. So we have a variety of in-person and virtual options for programming. We have the collection is open for browsing. Our computers are open for printing and copying and faxing. People can, of course, get new library cards. Our notary service is available on a limited basis. We do ask people to call for an appointment for that one. And then our seating areas are open. Um, our study rooms can be reserved. And then if folks would still prefer that kind of contactless pickup, we still have curbside so they can put holds and pick things up without coming in the building. And then in terms of just sort of general safety guidelines, vaccinated guests do not have to wear masks. We do ask that unvaccinated guests do wear masks and socially distance. Okay, some great information. And I would imagine that you've got a lot of those details listed, too, on your website. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. APL.org is that website. Emily, I want to turn to you. What's it been like Mm -hmm. to welcome back, I guess, the teens and and kids and families back to the library? How's it been so far? Oh, Haley, I would have to say, dare I say, things are getting back to normal. It feels wonderful. I think I can speak safely on behalf of the staff. It feels wonderful to have not only our teens come back, we see teens reading in our teen space, and it just fills me with so much joy. I work with Kathleen, uh, I would say the other half of Teen Services team at APL, and it's just wonderful. Things are slowly but surely getting back to quote-unquote normal, normalcy, if you want to call it that. And you can just see people coming in. They're just so thankful and grateful. We love our community, and we love um, offering these services. And I, I'd have to say everyone just radiates this positivity, this energy, and everyone just smiles. And it just feels great, Haley. I, I can't say enough things. It just feels good um, to have our patrons back, the community, kids running around. You know, you miss that, teens, adults. Having that joy of having that book in your hand, whether it's a DVD, um, you know, that kit that we're going to talk about a little later. But it, it feels wonderful. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you enough. It feels great to be I, back, I can, back at it. I can feel your <laughs> smile jumping through yes, the phone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we love what we do, Haley. We really do. Yeah. Well, you can sense that. And you always mm-hmm. are such a wealth of help. And I will say... During the past year and a half, you know, I've got a, a three, uh, almost four-year-old, and we would oh. not have had as pleasant of Mondays had it not been for Miss Teresa mm-hmm. and those story hours <laughs> yes, virtually. I, she's amazing. Yes. Teresa, yes. Well, we are going to talk about that summer library program because Mm -hmm. uh, you are hoping that families take advantage of this. Uh, And give us the rundown of of kind of what the summer program does uh, for actually all generations, adults, teens, and children. Oh, certainly. So the summer library program is just a wonderful opportunity to to encourage reading, to encourage a continuation of reading, and I think especially within families, it's so important for kiddos to see the adults in their world reading and enjoying reading, and I really think that when families read together, they can create sort of a shared language within their family and, and just all kinds of amazing shared connections to carry throughout the the generations. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I, I will say most of my reading is, is with my children at this point and, <laughs> and digging into their books. But, you know, having that time together as a family, like you noted, it's so important. Yeah, it's truly just, just a wonderful thing. And this year we, we've been really happy because we are able to offer um, 
a virtual summer library program through Beanstack um, that started during the pandemic, so people who made accounts can still use that for the adult and teen programs. And Emily knows um, knows a lot more details about those. And then for the kid program, we still have that Beanstack option, so same thing, families can do things online. But we also know that there's a real sense of kind of screen fatigue and just being tired of the virtual world in, in general. So for children's, we also offer a, a paper-only version, um, and we have a special one for baby toddlers, and then, then we have one for child cares. So we really just want everybody in the community, wherever they are and whatever they're doing, to have an opportunity to engage with this program. And it's the concept is really simple, isn't it, Emily? You know, the more you read, the more you can scratch off yeah. uh, these fun things and, and win some prizes. Yeah, absolutely. And we really do have a robust program for everyone, Haley. So whether you're a baby, you're a toddler, you're a teen or an adult. Uh, so we want everyone to visit apl.org forward slash summer for all the information, all the good stuff. And we don't want anyone to miss these opportunities. They're all free, fun, and available. Um, and if there's any questions that come up, please contact us and ask us. We'd be more than happy to explain how the process works. But, yes, yeah, like Anne mentioned, um, Beanstack is what we're using and it's through a grant through DPI, a very generous grant um, given to us through the state. So you sign up, you register, and they're virtual badges. Uh, badges, I'm sorry, badges. <laughs> and you can also earn other types of badges. So you kind of um, you earn those badges as you read. And for adults, it's kind of like a free-for-all. We just want people to read. And, and reading can encompass a variety of things, right? It doesn't have to be books. Books sure. are the traditional way of, of seeing uh, reading. But it can also be newspapers. It can be a magazine. It can be a recipe. Reading is reading. So we want people to read and enjoy it. And then there's weekly prizes, really beautiful prizes. So for adults, it's nature theme, which is so cute. You really should check it out. It's nature theme. There's weekly prizes. There's nature bags or a free book. So if you're a nature lover, this is this is the summer to join. And then the grand prize is a 2021 State Park Pass. So oh. it's phenomenal. It really is. For the teens, for those that sign up, our goal here for teens, so it's a little bit more structured. It's two hours a week. Um, so it's total for 16. Teens are always welcome to read more, of course. And, of course, they earn more badges as they go. Um, and as soon as they sign up, they get a free book. And they can come in to our library on the first floor at the information desk and get a free book of their own. And there's nothing like having your own book, owning that book that's your book. And we have tons of beautiful, hardcover, gorgeous books, Haley, that are just so gorgeous. And we want to get those out. We really, we're just dying to get those out. And we have, we've seen teams come in super excited to sign up and grab those books. And we also have Take and Create Packs. This week opens up our first Take and Create and those are do-it-yourself um, mugs, so those are really fun. We're also teaming up with local businesses. Um, for example, um, we're doing uh, cookie decorating. Uh, we're also teaming up with um, so Simple Simon's Bakery. So we love cookies. We love Simple Simon. We're also teaming up with Pino's Palette for canvases and a steam kit. So this is going to happen throughout the summer. And uh, supplies are limited, so please, if parents, teens are, are out there listening, sign up and register for those kits. And then we're going to have three grand prizes at the end for those that have uh, done their due diligence, have recorded the reading, and have signed up and uh, read 16 hours. So there's really something for everyone. And, of course, um, kids, uh, kids and toddlers and babies. There's so many great 
prizes out there wow. as well for the yeah. SLP. Mm-hmm. So parent, yeah, parents keep this in mind. Grandparents keep this in mind as you're watching the kiddos this summer. Fantastic programs here with the Appleton Public Library. We're talking with Anne and Emily today. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll fill you in on a few other programs that are happening this summer. So stick around. And we are back talking summer and all things fun and summer happening at the Appleton Public Library. Joining me today is Ann Cooksey. She is the Children's Services Supervisor. We also have Emily Villanueva joining us, the teen librarian, both with the Appleton Public Library, of course. And we just went over the details of that summer library program, perfect from ages zero and up. Anyone can jump on board, some great prizes involved. If you're reading already, you might as well read and get some prizes too. So if you want those details, you can visit at apl.org slash summer. But that's, that. Wait, oh wait, there's more folks. There are more programs happening at the library this summer. And I want to hear more. And we heard, we heard uh, Emily mentioned this briefly, the teen take and create packs. Those sound like so much fun. I want to ask about uh, a partnership it looks like you have with the Building for Kids though. Tell us more about Roaming Ruckus. Oh, yeah. So this is one of my absolutely favorite programs this year. So play, as you know, is the work of the child. And we're always interested in programs and educational opportunities that explore the intricacies of child play and what it all means and how children grow and develop as they play. So we recently had an opportunity um, to work with some Angie Play educators And the Building for Kids and the children's staff at the library did some training together, and then we partnered with Parks and Rec to offer an in-person play program throughout the summer at various parks in the area. And so what this program is based around is this concept of true play. And true play is a deep and uninterrupted engagement in the activity of one's choice. Um, So the adults there are really encouraged to put their hands down, their mouths closed, but to open their ears, their eyes, and their heart to really see what children are interested in playing with and how their play is developing. So we use very, excuse me, very ordinary objects so that they're not like leading children in any particular way. So we have fabric and boxes and, you know, hula hoops, and we just see what children can kind of come up with together on their own and how much they're learning as they play. And, well, we're very excited. It's been a lot of fun. We had our first one this last week, and then we're going to have them throughout June and July. I love that. And, you know, as a parent, what is the ideal situation, you know, for your kid to have a little bit of time where they're playing on their own and they're and they're happy about that. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this really helps, I guess, cultivate and create and nourish that that opportunity for that free playtime. Yes, and a lot of creativity, too, that just so often, so early, there sort of is supposed to be an, an, an end product to play or there's a right way and a wrong way to play. And, of course, mm-hmm. you know, we make sure that everybody stays safe, um, but that kind of within those, those boundaries that you can just experiment with materials in all kinds of ways and really kind of expand that creativity that I feel like children have so naturally. When is the next one coming up, Anne? Um, So the next one will be June 17th, so that's this Thursday at 1 p.m. And then if people would like to register, people can also drop in, but we do encourage registration just so we kind of have an idea of a head count. So they can visit apl.org slash calendar for um, 
registration and then a little more information too if anybody wants more of the details about the methodology behind it. I love it. The science, the science involved. It's great. Yes. All right. I know that there's another program we want to talk about, the book packs. Emily, can you fill us in on what these are? I think um, Anne would be probably best. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Anne, take So the book packs are just one more way to try and get a, as many books of interest into the hands of families as possible. So anyone with a kiddo, a teacher, a child care provider, or a family, anybody can go to our website, apl.org slash bookpacks for this particular one, and just enter the ages of the, the kiddos, the interest of the kiddos, and then we can put together for them a pack of like 15 to 30 books and check them out so that if they're really busy or if they're going on a trip, you know, sometimes it can be hard to have time to go and browse and find just the right books. So we yeah. can put all of that together and then people can just stop by and pick it up. So it's a service that we have, have always offered for teachers, and then during the pandemic we really expanded it to families, and people have just really enjoyed it. So we're continuing it through the summer and probably beyond. This is a genius idea, I must say. <laughs> Kudos to you and your team because you are so right. It, it can be hard sometimes. And if you've got kids who are uh, maybe into a lot of books, they've got a stack all of a sudden of, of, of 50 books in front of them <laughs> that they mm-hmm. want to bring home. And this is, you know, kind of the librarian's recommendations. I love it. Yeah, and I have to say, too, it's one of my team's favorite things to do. We get so excited. We're like, oh, it's an eight-year-old who likes trucks, you know, and we just get so excited (laughs) trying to find the perfect book. I love it. Well, we we are wrapping things up here, but I do have one final question for each of you, and Mm -hmm. that would be maybe a book recommendation to take away uh, maybe from today and maybe to consider reading this summer. So Emily, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah, uh, any absolutely. books any books on your list that you want to recommend? Oh, let's see. There's so many out there. Uh, yeah, it's so rich and diverse, the options for teens right now. I have to say, I'm actually reading The Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Boulay. Hopefully I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. But uh, again, that's Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Boulay. It's really, it's a thriller and it's, I don't want to I don't want to say further about what it's about, but I would really recommend that. It's uh, It's been one of the top uh, teen uh, picks for the summer, so definitely check that out. Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline uh, Boulay. Okay. And Anne, mm-hmm. a recommendation from you? Yeah, so I would just like to do a shout-out for Where the Mountain Meets the Moon by Grace Lynn. Um, it's just one of my absolute favorites. It mixes fantasy with Chinese folklore. It's got adventure and friendship. It just has everything wonderful in it. And I've been sharing it with my nephew lately, and he has just really enjoyed it. So I just have to give a shout out for that one. Oh, those both sound wonderful and intriguing and books that maybe the whole family can enjoy too. So uh, thank you for those recommendations. Thank you for filling us in on how to make summer the best summer possible uh, with the Appleton Public Library. And again, if people want to check out any of the topics we've mentioned today, APL.org is the place to go? Yes, uh, yes, definitely. All right. Well, Emily and Anne, thank you so much for being part of our chat today. And the, the library is going to join us about once a month here on Focus Fox Valley. So we'll key you into all of the happenings at the library. But Emily Villanueva, teen librarian, thank you for being here today. Thank you, Haley. It's a pleasure. And Anne Cooksey, the Children's Su- Services Supervisor. Thank you again, Anne. Yes, yeah, thank you so much for having us. All right, and the library will be back again next month.
All right, we will take a break here. We've got to check in on that forecast with David Ernst. That's next. Once again, welcome back to Focus Fox Valley here on WHBY. We are checking in with our friends over at Christine and Domestic Abuse Services. They do so much to help those impacted by domestic abuse. And today we are getting some help on understanding maybe what we can do if you are watching a loved one go through uh, domestic abuse or are being impacted by domestic abuse. So joining us to have this conversation and to learn more today, we're joining we're joined by Alicia Garrick, who is the Communications and Partnership Specialist with Christine Ann. Good afternoon, Alicia. Hi, Haley. And we also have with us today Carly Hirsch, the Associate Director at Christine Ann Domestic Abuse Services. Welcome to the show, Carly. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. And, you know, Alicia, you brought up this topic for this month, and it's really an important one. And I'm glad to help our listeners maybe understand what to do if they are put in this position, because I would imagine it's a very difficult position to be in. Absolutely. It's really hard to, you know, see your friends or your loved ones um, going through this really difficult time, and you may not always have the words or know how to support them the best way that you can. And so um, that's why we're here today is to hopefully, you know, give some some to some tools or tips on ways that you can help support someone who's going through uh, this unhealthy relationship. Yeah. So, Carly, I'll start with you here. Uh, Maybe we've noticed now that a friend or a loved one uh, seemingly is being impacted by by domestic abuse. Um, Can you maybe give us some insight to maybe what that might look like and and maybe where to start from there? Sure. Um, So... You know, watching someone you care about experience abuse um, can be very taxing emotionally. So kind of that first step is making sure that you have support for yourself. Um, So here at Christine Ann, we do offer um, support to friends and family, um, you know, and people who call us and say that their, you know, friend or family member is, you know, maybe in an unhealthy relationship. Um, So we're able to provide that support um, to those individuals 24-7 and then 365 days a year. Um, So some warning signs um, that someone you care about uh, may be in an abusive relationship um, can include, you know, noticing that, you know, maybe that individual seems more isolated from people, places, or activities that they typically have enjoyed Um, sometimes, you know, we may observe, um, you know, that person is unable to make decisions or answer questions for themselves, you know, big or small. Um, We also may um, observe that individual may seem, you know, disconnected from friends or family and very attached to that other person. Um, And additionally, some signs kind of to look for is, Um, Does that individual lack access to their own finances or do they seem fearful or um, often injured with unusual excuses? Um, So those are some of the initial warning signs to kind of, um, you know, look for or consider, um, you know, if you are seeing 
someone that you care about um, display some of these things. Yeah. So my question then, Carly, is maybe you are noticing some of these things adding up when, with a friend or a loved one. Uh, maybe you've made the call to Christine Ann as well for a little bit of direction. Should you also be talking with that friend or loved one, or does each situation maybe differ? Um, so if you recognize some of these changes, um, you know, you can point out those changes, um, what you see, hear, or feel. Um, and doing this may set up um, a counter viewpoint um, and this may take time, but once you've maybe planted that seed, um, that may help that individual who's experiencing, you know, that unhealthy relationship or that abuse, um, help them feel seen and less alone. Uh, we also have um, some, some tips and tricks on, on how an individual can communicate, you know, some of those concerns and encourage that person. Um, so, you know, our instincts may be to swoop in right away and, you know, try to save your friend or encouraging them to end that relationship. Yeah. Um, but however, you know, we should keep in mind that abuse is part of a pattern of controlling behaviors um, that take away a person's ability to make their own choices and believe in their capacity to do so. So by empowering your friend or loved one to make the choices that they would like to make when they're ready to make those um, is really the best thing that we can do. Um, and that really, you know, helps restore that person's autonomy, um, um, <clears throat> really show um, respect and, um, you know, consider their feelings. So whatever your loved one chooses to do, um, whether they want to stay in that relationship, leave, or seek help, it's really their decision to make, not ours. Mm. And I know that can be really difficult for for some people, but it, it, it's part, um, I would imagine, of, of their journey as well. And as long as you're letting them know that you are there for them, would that be a ver very important aspect of things? Absolutely. Mm. Yes, and additionally, we can encourage um, individuals to broaden their support systems in any way that um, they can. Um, so we had talked a little bit about that isolation earlier, and that can be kind of a warning sign. Um, so abuse thrives in isolation, um, as it's a tactic abusive people uh, tend to do, uh, taking a person away from people, places, or things that, you know, help them feel strong and supported. Um, so a support system is really key to surviving, leaving, and even avoiding unhealthy relationships. Some great and helpful information today with Christine Ann Domestic Abuse Services about what you can do if a friend or family member is impacted by domestic abuse. We're going to take a short break here, but we'll be back with more information from Christine Ann in just a bit.
Once again, welcome back to Focus Fox Valley. A few minutes left here, and we are talking with Christine Ann, Domestic Abuse Services, Carly Hurst joining me, Associate Director, and Alicia Gehrig, the Communications and Partnership Specialist. And one thing you mentioned, Carly, and maybe Alicia, you can chime in on this too, but you have these support groups um, that are, are there to help in so many different ways. Uh, are these support groups open to you know f- family members or friends of, of those being impacted uh, by domestic domestic abuse? Um, at this time, our support groups are, are centered um, around clients. And so, um, but that doesn't mean that we don't offer support to family and friends. Um, we have a 24-hour uh, helpline that is available to anyone. So that can be friends, family members, individuals that are going through abuse themselves who are just seeking some extra support. So that 24-hour helpline is available um, for any and all resources that somebody may need in regards to domestic abuse. Um, But our support groups that we do offer, we have available on Wednesdays and Thursday evenings and um, really just open to providing a safe space for clients to um, sit and get that emotional support that they need. Um, We also have a group that's focused all about self-care and how to, you know, take care of yourself and just kind of Uh, sit back and have some fun as well, which is super important because that's not something that uh, is at the forefront of their life at this time. So we're really excited to be able to offer those support groups to people who need it. Alicia, what is that 24-hour helpline for our listeners? Yeah, our 24-hour helpline is 920-235-5998. Okay. Carly, uh, I'll give you kind of the last last words here. Anything else you can think to add for, for those, uh, you know, who are maybe thinking that a loved one of theirs is being impacted or being hurt by domestic abuse? What would you say um, that they should keep in mind? So I do have some hopeful statements that I can um, kind of provide today um, that you could say to a loved one. Um, when communicating about, you know, your, your concerns. Um, so some helpful statements include, I'm concerned for you, I'm here for you, um, I believe you, thank you for sharing that um, with me, and how can I help you? Um, so really the data tells us that it takes on average over seven times before someone ends an abusive relationship for good, And leaving can be a very dangerous time. Mm. Um, So, you know, kind of the last encouragement could be um, for your loved one to seek support of a trained professional. Um, So help is here, always at Christine Ann. I love that. And those are really helpful words because sometimes, you know, it is, what do I say? How do I say it? That's a great way to start. You know, I'm concerned for you. I'm here for you. I believe you. Those are really helpful statements and I'm sure can, can really help in finding that friend or that loved one the support that they need to escape that relationship or that situation. Thank you, Carly. All right. Well, if our listeners uh, are looking to learn more about Christine Ann, of course, and, and the work that you are doing, Alicia, where can they go to find out more? Um, they can go to our website at christineann.net. They can also um, follow us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram where we post a lot of educational things that are going on. Uh, we also offer a 
electronic newsletter that goes out monthly that just kind of keeps people in the know of what's going on in our shelter and where that the, where they can get involved. All right. I know there's always uh, a, a list of supplies that are needed at Christine Ann. If you are looking to donate that way or gift cards, there's always a list. Again, ChristineAnn.net. Alicia Gehrig, thank you again for being part of Focus Fox Valley. Thank you so much for having me. And Carly Hirsch, Associate Director of Christine Ann, thanks for stopping by today as well. Thanks again. All right. And Christine Ann joins us once a month here on Focus Fox Valley. All right. Great show today. If you missed any of the conversations, of course, they will be up shortly over at WHBY.com. We had fun with Chef Jeff in hour number one. And of course, we just spent some time with Christine Ann Domestic Abuse Services. And we learned about the summer programming happening at the Appleton Public Library. So lots going on. If you missed any of those conversations, just visit WHBY.com and click on the Focus Fox Valley tab. All right, let's look ahead to what's going on on your Tuesday edition of Focus Fox Valley. We've got lots going on tomorrow, and it's going to be a fun one when we welcome in the first hour, Dan Tross with Ranger Services. And I know I am very curious to hear from Dan on, on how maybe the trees are doing right now with this lack of rain. Maybe you've got those questions as well. What is the right care for, for all things trees and outdoors? We'll talk with Dan Tross again with Ranger Services coming up tomorrow on a Tuesday edition of Focus. Fox Valley. Also, Alice in Dairyland joins us. It's June Dairy Month, and who better to talk about what's happening in the dairy state than Alice in Dairyland? We'll catch up with her and learn how things have been going so far in June. So that's what's coming up on a Tuesday. Also, United Way Fox Cities will be here, and we're going to focus on their SOAR program. That's all ahead on your Tuesday. Throughout the week, lots of conversations coming your way. Wednesday brings in John Ross, Mr. Tech, uh, and a few other conversations to share throughout the week. We'll keep you updated on what those are as Focus Fox Valley continues. All right. Well, fun show today, and uh, I'm excited for I'm excited for uh, the week ahead, and wishing you all a wonderful week ahead as well. Let's see what we can end on here to wrap up our few minutes together. I found an interesting survey, and Zach, I want to ask you about this. We'll end on this note. How much do you enjoy getting push notifications on your phone? I, well, the text messages, that's a different story. But as far as those apps, anything, you really don't like them because you think someone actually is trying to contact you just to realize, oh, it's just for Target or whatever. Yeah. You know, they can be they can be a really powerful, too. I can see things going either way here. Some people love them because, you know, it is it alerts you to maybe a sale happening at your favorite store. Uh, I follow, I get a lot of push notifications for local news updates and, and um you know, national news headlines as well. But yeah, you send out too many and uh, these can kind of get annoying after a a while. So I found an interesting survey from YouGov America looking at how consumers feel about push notifications in 2021. Excuse me. And 19% of Americans say that it's appropriate to see promotions a few times per week 18% 18% say once a week and 17% say less than that. And only 6% say it's reasonable to get a message more than once a day. 
So something to think about. And of course, you can always monitor those notifications. They can't send them to you unless you give them permission to send those to you. So if you would like to control that frequency, you can do it in your settings tab in your phone. You can do it in the app itself. You can always uh, you can always make sure to control those in your phone. So just a reminder, if you are thinking, I get too many of those, if I get too many of those uh, notifications. Maybe you have too many apps to begin with. <laughs> that is true as well. That is true as well. All right. Uh, you might have heard the promotions, but really excited for this too. Want to put this in your ear for the rest of the week. I am so excited. We are taking Focus Fox Valley on the road this Friday. To celebrate all things dad, we're going to be at Kruger True Value in Nina on Friday and live from 11 to 1. I've got some good gift ideas to share with you. Uh, Lunch will be provided from Shalates. I'm excited for that. If you want more details, you can visit the station's events page over at whby.com. Hope to see you there. It's going to be fun this Friday at Kruger True Value in Nina. That's it for me on your Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow starting at 11. Have a lovely day. When I wake up in the morning, love And the sunlight hurts my eyes Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.